Hello, we are Becky and Gabby, your micropolitan matchmakers, coming at you every Thursday to help you find big love in your small town. Each week, we'll cover everything from dating advice, dating love stories, and horror stories, interviews with other dating experts, and much more, all from the lens of dating in a small to medium-sized micropolitan region. Well, hello, lovers. Happy Thursday. Hello. Happy Thursday. We're here again. And we're recording in the morning this time. I'm curious if uh, if the energy will be just even greater than usual. I know. I feel like maybe we might be, get a little bit more spicy because we're starting off the day, you know, fully energized. Just ki- like killing the game. I ran this morning. I'm feeling pretty, feeling pretty good. Just getting back on my back on my exercise bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So Becky got a Peloton. I've had a Peloton for a while. And my really good friend Leah in New York City, she also had one. So we were like syncing up classes and doing it every single morning. But since the two of us aren't able to like link our schedules as easily anymore, it's been really hard. But Becky, we need to take some classes together. You know what? Maybe I think we had a different heart take plan, but I feel like as this topic has come up, maybe just like moving your body could be a joint heart take for the week. Because I will say I got it three weeks ago. I took like a little bit of a break when I wasn't feeling so hot the second week, but I've been like on it. And I, I think because I'm, I have a small competitive streak, but more so with myself than with anyone else that like the streaks and the way they do the achievements, it's been very motivating. Mm -hmm. And I've been working out every day. I just hit a 10 day streak and I feel fantastic. Just killing it. Mm. I'm not even, I don't care about the scale. Like it's honestly, I mean, if some of my pants fit a little better, I'd be very happy about it. But like, it's not about that. It's literally about just feeling good in my body. And I love this thing. Yeah. I love the Peloton classes for many reasons. One, I feel like they're so much fun and the instructors are so engaging and the music is so good that a 30 minute class feels like it's 10 minutes. And then I'm always, I always feel, this isn't true, but I always feel like I get a better workout when I feel myself sweating and I'm always like drenched at the end of a Peloton class. So I feel so accomplished and I'm like, like, yeah, like I killed it. And and it just feels so, I'm getting back on. I got to, I got to get back into my my level rotation here. That was actually an unplanned but fantastic heart take, I feel like. And it's not that you have to go out and, you know, buy a Peloton, though certainly if Peloton wanted to sponsor us and, you know, give a discount code, we wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> yes. But you could do anything. Like, find what is fun, you know, the continuation of do fun shit. Find what's fun. Find what feels good and just move your body. It doesn't have to be on a bike. It doesn't have to be a, like, all-out run. Go for a hot girl walk. I love a hot girl walk. Hot girl that walk. That is a trend. I am yes. so down with. I, I uh, take my dog Mochi for a walk every single morning, and I really try to actively leave my phone here because it's just, you know, throughout the day, you know, if I take a lunch walk, I usually have my phone just in case like something work related comes up. But I think waking up and taking a walk immediately, leaving your phone here and just having time to think and maybe meditate a little bit along the way is really helpful for me. And it feels good to be disconnected from my phone for, you know, a half hour, however long I'm walking That's for. So important. Oh, I love it. Well, oh, that is a fantastic segue because what we're about to talk about is all about being maybe overly connected to your phone. We but. are coming in hot with dating app 
fatigue today. I know y'all are feeling it. I'm feeling it too. I'm not even on them and I'm feeling it. <laughs> You're just feeling the energy from everyone else. I'm feeling else it by association. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really wanted to talk about this because it's totally something I've been dealing with over the last month. And I actually decided to delete my dating apps and take a little breather for a little while. And I'm so glad that I did because I feel like having a dating app on your phone for me, like became a game. Like whenever I was bored, I would just open it up. I'd swipe and I just wasn't taking it seriously, even though I want a serious committed relationship. And I feel like you have to be super mindful when you are looking for that. That is your goal. And you're using the apps to get closer to that goal. If you're just treating it like a game or, you know, just another busy to do thing, then you're not going to find what you're looking for. Well, and it's easy to do. I mean, when it's sitting on your phone next to the things that you mindlessly scroll through, like a TikTok, like an Instagram, like a Facebook, whatever your drug of choice is in the social media sphere, you know, it's easy because it's set up so similarly to treat it like it doesn't matter. And you just, you know, are mindlessly swiping through. Um, but, you know, the other thing for those on the flip side of that who take it so seriously, um, I think it's really easy to get your confidence and your mindset tied up in it as well. And it's, um, you know, it's so interesting. I actually had the privilege of talking to an author of a book that talked about her experience on dating apps. And it was like, um, I've talked about this book on the podcast before. It's called Nothing Personal, My Life in the Dating App Inferno by Nancy Jo Sales. And it's part memoir in terms of her experience, but then she's also a journalist. So she did all of this research on the companies. And one of my big takeaways to kind of paraphrase from the book is, you know, none of these apps are really designed to help you find your person. These apps make money off of you continuing to be on there so that they can sell your data so that they can sell your behavior. Um, and that dopamine hit that you get when you have a match and it's like, ding, and your brain starts firing. It's like when it's, triple the effect of getting just like a like on an Instagram. Like our brains are so wired to get addicted to that, that we get mm. so tied up in it. And it's really easy to not, it's really easy to just go back. Even when you have something in real life that's going well, you like can't help it. You keep going back to keep swiping. Like, is there something better out there? I'm always looking for the next hit. It's designed like a drug. It's addictive. Right. That instant gratification piece. And I definitely yeah. felt myself getting wrapped up in that. And I also felt like I was matching with a bunch of guys and then I would just let the conversation sit there because I actually wasn't interested in talking to them. I just wanted to keep swiping and see who I matched. And then I realized that's a problem. Like this is not helping me get any closer to my goal of finding that serious relationship. And so now I, I detoxed for about a month where I wasn't using the apps at all. And I made a conscious decision that if I'm going to go back to using the apps that I need to be consciously thinking about my swipes. And whenever I matched with somebody, the person I would swipe right on was someone I definitely wanted to start a conversation with. Before I was just swiping right on anyone I thought was attractive, honestly. And not profile didn't stand out to me as interesting or I thought that they would be a good fit for me I was just like oh this person's hot I'm gonna swipe swipe right but now I'm actively like reading the prompts seeing if they put any time or effort into their profile and whenever I match I stop using the app 
in terms of like swiping left and right. And I messaged that person and I tried to engage in a conversation with that person before going on and trying to find any other matches. So I'm being way more mindful now about how I'm spending my time there. And I think it's been really effective so far. I re-downloaded the apps on Sunday uh, a few days ago. And there's this one guy that I'm, I've been talking to that, you know, we've had some really great conversation and we're planning on meeting up hopefully over the next week or so. But definitely since I've stopped, you know, I've focused more of quality over quantity. My experience is much better. No, and I think um, it's interesting that you bring that up too, because that is for the clients that I work with on the coaching side who are deciding to stay on dating apps. We talk a lot about how to do it in a way that's not going to make you crazy or, you know, kill your mindset on the whole thing. And there's this sort of weird balance that you have to figure out because the apps are all based on their own types of algorithms. So if you're less active, on the apps, you show up in less searches and you get less matches. And that sucks for a lot of reasons, right? But it help, on the flip side, it's so much better for your mindset if you can really just try to focus on a handful of conversations. Like my general rule when I was on them and what I talked to clients about is, you know, don't have conversations going with more than four, five people tops. I mean, think about how draining that is when you're trying to build a connection and suss someone out and see if they're for you, have something that's meaningful. I know a lot of people that I hear complain about, well, the conversations are so basic or so base level. Well, yeah, it's because people are out here talking to like 10, 12 people at a time, just trying to keep a conversation going or they just die because someone's talking to someone else and you're so distracted by other things that you might actually be missing a really good opportunity. So if you keep those chats small and the biggest thing I, the biggest piece of advice I have, and this is something that a lot of other like dating influencers that I follow talk about is fail fast, meet in person, and then you decide, right? And that doesn't mean, you know, one date and you're not giving someone else a chance, but do not talk to someone on an app for two, three weeks. You're going back and forth. Maybe you exchange numbers and then you're texting. We build, we all do this, men and women, we build people up in our brain. So when you're talking over text, they could be like the greatest texter. You're sharing all of these great stories. You're finding so much in common. You see their picture and you start to build this whole story in your head about what your relationship is going to be like, what they're going to be like when you meet. And then you, you know, walk up to your first date to meet in person and they've got a jacked up smile. This has happened to me before. And... (laughs) You know instantly that you can't. It's so bad. I I feel like I've told that story on the podcast before, and it sounds horrible. But it was it was just it, it was immediate the reaction, and I was like, I thought this person was gonna be it, and he was not, and um, that was that was difficult, and it's and it's extra deflating. So then you put all of this time and this emotion and this like energy and excitement, and when you build up that coaster and it doesn't work out or you meet that person and it's not for you, the crash is that much harder. Not to mention, even if that person is a great person, which I'm sure many of these folks are, they're still not going to be the perfect Prince Charming or, you know, per person that you have built up in your mind. So meet fast, fail fast. Totally agree. Or succeed fast. I mean, I shouldn't say fail fast. <laughs> like, Maybe it'll work out. <laughs> I also think 
what's been really helpful this time around has been one of the prompts that I've put in my profile was, uh, the prompt was what I'm looking for. And I am just super open and honest on the app about I'm looking for a serious committed relationship that could turn into, you know, potentially marriage and a family and things of that nature. And I know we've talked about this before, but I think just being super upfront about what you're looking for on the apps will immediately allow you to decipher. I mean, of course, they're going to be people who don't really care or don't really read it. And they, they swipe even if they're looking for a fling. But I do think that I'm getting less matches, but more quality matches with people who are actually looking for the same thing that I'm looking for. And um, I think that's been really helpful in, you know, making the quality of my matches better and me feeling better about spending my time and energy on the app when I know that I'm connecting with people looking uh, for a committed relationship. No, I think that's brilliant. And that's the, that quality over quantity piece is huge. And it's one of those things that I think is hard for some people Um, you know, we all have a bit of ego in these things. We want to feel good. We want to feel liked. And when you're not getting as many matches by changing strategy, you start to feel like, oh, is this backfiring or is this not working? But another like just huge piece of advice, and maybe this is something we go into more in depth on its own podcast, but getting really super hyper clear on what you want before you even create your profile. Because when you have those lists of must-haves and deal breakers, you can start to weed people out. And the most important thing is do not weed people out by physical things that they cannot control. Please stop putting, and I'm not saying you are doing this, but so many people, like especially women, are weeding out any men under six foot. Stop doing that. (laughs) Stop doing that. Physical traits are things that people, and I know I just talked about a jacked up smile. There are certain thresholds. I I totally just going to (laughs) say. You can control that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had a great job. Just get braces, buddy. Like, and he had said, I'm like, did has no one told you this? It just, it was, I'm not talking a little, my teeth are crooked. I'm down, but this like, it was next level. I hope he's not listening to this. <laughs> that is so funny. Stay in touch. Um, yeah. But no, (laughs) but that's the thing is like, we're weeding people out based on these things that have nothing to do with what we're actually looking to get out of a relationship. Like you don't need a tall man to make you feel safe. Like, what are you, what are you feeling safe from a bear? Like I, you know what I mean? Like we, (laughs) we're not living in the wilderness anymore. Stop doing that. Exactly. Um, But there are other things. So like, and And, you know, this, people may have a lot of opinions about this, but even something like certain beliefs might be a deal breaker for you. And I don't want to narrow that just down to politics, but like if, you know, social justice and Black Lives Matter is really important to you, you know, there are ways where you can weave that messaging into your profile, marriage Mm -hmm. equality. Like if these things are non-negotiables for you in your life and that's what you're looking for, put it out there because, for some people that is going to matter for some people, it it might not matter as much to them, but they're excited that you like that, but other people will see that. And if they don't believe what you believe, they're going to weed themselves out. And I don't mean that any of that discussion to be divisive and maybe that's a bad example of it, but um, things even like something more simple, like smoking or whether or not you want kids, which maybe isn't simple, but it's pretty black and white. 
put those things out there if you know that that's what you want or don't want and let people weed themselves out and kind of do the work for you. So you're not talking to them for two weeks, meeting them in person only to find that they're like, you know, a white supremacist or (laughs) exactly those, those are things that we, you know, are not looking for. So I think it's, the quality over quantity piece, there are ways that once you have that list of what you are really looking for, what is most important, you can find ways to weave all of that into your dating profile and it will help weed people out, but in a, in a good way. Totally. And that's a service that we offer, by the way. It is. That's true. It is helping <laughs> figure out what they want and then translating that into a great dating profile. So keep that in mind. Also, another thing, uh, this is a good segue to say that I am starting dating coaching with Becky. I have officially <laughs> hired Becky as a dating coach starting this Saturday. So a couple of days from now. And one of the reasons I wanted to get back on the dating apps was because I felt like it will be a good thing for you and I to work through together, Becky, about that mindset piece and you know, how I am approaching dating and getting really clear on what I'm looking for. And I think a dating app is kind of like good practice for -hmm. some of that, because I'm not actively like physically dating anybody right now. So I think that it's going to bring up some issues and some feelings that I have to work through that I can then come to you about and work, you know, you can guide me and coach me through those challenges. No, and I I love that. And I have clients at very like different and interesting stages of dating. And that is part of the fun of dating coaching is there are some folks coming to me that are just like exhausted. The mindset is terrible. And the work that we need to do is off the apps is let's take a, or, you know, off the scene for a month, sometimes two of just like, let's take a pause. Let's get back to feeling good about everything. Remembering that this can be fun, looking at what we want, getting really clear. And then there's um, a couple people that I work with that are in the mix of dating, like who are out there, they're going on dates, we're debriefing dates. We're talking through what feelings are being triggered um, even to the point. And I don't love like always being, decoding like text messages and stuff. Cause it, th- those things are very left open to interpretation. And obviously I only know the side of my client, but even looking at those things uh, with people collectively to say, okay, well, how is this making you feel? How are you interpreting this? Like I, I try really hard never to say, well, this is hard and fast. Like this is this and get rid of that or don't do that. That's not what coaching is. Um, coaching is about helping you come to the conclusion and make the decisions that are right for you and feel really aligned with what you're looking for. Um, and then I actually have a client too, who's in the midst of an early relationship. And that has been an extremely fun journey because we've been working together all through their, their dating journey up to now being in a committed relationship with someone and but still working through some of those triggers and some of those things that used to pop up for them in their dating life. Um, those feelings of, you know, inadequacy or low confidence in certain areas and just watching that blossom has been really fun. So I actually don't have many spots left open for coaching right now. I, uh, I'm going to have to start group coaching or something, but the calendar is getting full, but it's, it's really, that journey is really fun. And I'm so excited to work with you, Gabby. I'm so excited too. So part of the reason that I decided to, you know, I've talked about before on the podcast, how I have hired a dating coach in the past and it's been really 
helpful and useful to me. And I think that it has gotten me to a certain point in my dating life. Um, that is, you know, I'm far ahead of what I was before hiring a dating coach, but I feel like now, now that I'm getting more clear about what I want and I am putting myself out there to meet new people, I think that my anxious attachment style has really been in overdrive because it's like, I'm meeting these people that I actually like and that I'm actually into, but if they don't do this or if they don't do that, or if they don't say this, then I'm overthinking things and I'm self-sabotaging some of my relationships, honestly. And I think too, I want, I've been feeling empty after having interactions with these people and I don't know why I'm feeling that way and that's really what pushed me to reach out to Becky and be like okay yes you're my friend and I can talk to you about these things but I also need to dive in a little bit deeper and figure out why I'm feeling this way and how I can avoid feeling this way in the future. Well, and one of the biggest things, and actually I was just about to ask you kind of what your goal is for coaching, if you wanted to share and and you sort of just hit on that, but, you know, a huge piece, especially with people who tend to have anxious attachment style, read that book attached listeners. If you haven't, we're going to talk about it. (laughs) I feel like it comes up once an episode, but it's so good. Um, But really being self-focused for like internally focused versus externally focused, especially early on. And certainly when you get into a relationship with someone, you want to be of service to that person. You want to be a partner, you want to do things together. Um, But in the early stages of dating, it's not about whether they like you. It's about whether you like them. Mm. So, you know, not stressing about how they feel about you worrying about how are they making you feel. And that shift sounds so subtle, but it's so hard to do. And our brains, especially those of us who tend to be a little more externally focused anyway. And I say that as a euphemism for people pleasers like myself, where, you know, so concerned about everyone around you that you don't always check in and say, how, how does this person make me feel in my body? Like, am I relaxed? Am I, you know, we talk about butterflies and how butterflies are kind of bullshit, right? Like butterflies are, are your anxiety flaring up because this person is triggering something inside of you. Um, so I think it's, it's about being a little more internally focused and then it's about effective communication, figuring out what you need. How do you effectively communicate it to that person? And then they make you, you open the door, you, you invest that little bit of communication and trust in them to tell them what you need. And then you test and see if they live up to it. And if not, you let that go. Totally. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, think that I am self-aware enough now where having a dating coach come in and really hold my hand through the process of like figuring out where I'm going wrong is going to be completely instrumental in my dating success. So I'm ready to be in a relationship. I've been single for almost eight years now. Of course, I've had situationships and I've gone on a million dates, but I haven't been in a serious committed relationship. And I just turned 30 and I'm feeling like that's something that I want to do. Like I'm feeling good in a lot of other areas of my life and I'm happy being single. And I I love being single. Honestly, I think there are so many great things that come along with being single, but I am ready to have that partnership and support system in my life that I haven't had in so long. 
Well, I love that. And I think it's a good time to even to circle back to our topic on dating app fatigue is, you know, one of the things you're doing and that our mission has been, um, you know, before the podcast, when we first started working together and building a vision for what micropolitan matchmakers could be was events and helping people meet in real life, whether it's, you know, through our matchmaking business, but really, I mean, we started with just throwing mixers and parties for people who, Hey, you're single, you know, everyone else here is going to be single, or they will be very open about the fact that they're there as a wing person and, you know, meeting people in real life too. And I think if you are someone sitting there and we're drawn to this episode because you're experiencing dating app fatigue, make the decision. There's no right or wrong answer. It's very personal for everyone. If you want to stay on the apps, but Also, get out of the apps. Get your head out of your apps, as Brian Howie from Great Love Debate always says. Um, I listen to so many relationship podcasts. It's crazy. So I feel like I steal their like isms all the time. Um, But get out of the apps also and like lift your head up, look around when you're in a coffee shop, when you're at the grocery store, when you, even when you're at like a bar getting a drink with friends or on on a walk or on the bike path, like whatever it is you're doing lift your head up a bit, like say hello, smile at people, just be open the door a little bit and see what happens because, um, you know, magic can happen in real life too. It's that whole thing of like, and I know people have anxiety, but when you're sitting there swiping, when you're at a bar and you're swiping through to see if someone cute at the bar is, (laughs) is, is on the app, like just because they're not on the app doesn't mean they're not single. If they have a girlfriend, they should tell you, right? Like go approach someone that's, you know, don't just rely on the apps as your only source of romantic meeting people for a romantic intention. I love that. Perfect way to wrap up the episode. I feel we are excited because this coming Saturday, we have our Valley cats game event. Um, So we are going to be with a big group of singles at the Valley Cats game, which is a local semi-pro baseball team. We're going to have it catered. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, And we have another, some other fun events coming. So, you know, if you want to get your head out of the apps, (laughs) this is a good way to do it if you are local to the capital region. Well, and you know what else we should announce too, Gab, um, for those who are local for right now, but hopefully this will grow in time. But Gabby and I have brought back something we did at the very start of our business. Speaking of of going on dates, um, we have a singles of the month promotion on all of our social media. So if you are local-ish to the capital region and uh, might be interested in finding a date, we'll be featuring one to two singles every month on all of our platforms. We might even have them on the podcast, depending. And actually for this month, you do have them on the podcast because our first singles of the month are me and Gabby. Woo! It was very exciting. So we uh, are... Anyone who is interested in shooting their shot with Gabby or myself can sign up on our free database that will be in the show notes and uh, and send us a note that they're interested in. Gabby and I are going to set each other up on a date at the end of the month. Yes, I can't wait. This is going to be really interesting. <laughs> so we'll be we'll be uh, sharing about that certainly. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Thanks, Gab. I mean, I just, I love our conversations. We've got some good guests coming up. We've done a couple solo episodes, um, but we have some really, really fun guests coming up this month. And like us on all the things, follow us, leave us a kind review, and we will see you next Thursday on Micropolitan Matchmakers.
Bye, friends. Bye.